Well, thank you for being here this morning. My name is Sarah, as many of you know, and this is Micah, and we're the co-pastors of the Vine Church in Kennewick, Washington. And we just want to say thank you for inviting us into your home this morning. We are honored uh, that we get to chat about scripture today. Yeah. So for the past uh, few weeks, we have been exploring the words of Jesus. Uh, the purpose being to hear and understand what Jesus had to say in the first century to mm -hmm. his disciples, his followers, and the people within that culture, uh, as well as to explore uh, how do the words of Jesus speak into our current circumstances? And there's been a lot going on in our nation and throughout the world revolving around COVID um, and conversations of racism and, and struggles within our nation. And the words of Jesus are relevant and powerful. Uh, they were 2,000 years ago and they are today in our culture. So today we pray that as we explore a parable about a farmer that Jesus will speak uh, powerfully into our lives this morning. You know, I'm not much of a farmer. Yeah. Myself, no. Um, Me either. I, I think I have killed more plants in my lifetime than actually been able to keep alive. So I was thinking about that this morning and, and thinking, gosh, I've killed plants in so many different ways. I've killed plants by overwatering them. I've killed plants by underwatering them. Um, over fertilizing, under fertilizing. I mean, you name it. The the most dramatic way I think I've I've killed a plant is I was um, using Roundup to kill some of the weeds on the on the sidewalk, and just absentmindedly I just sprayed some of the plants in our flower bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they didn't do so well. <laughs> so you have a long history with. Um with plants. Yeah, it's now, not a good one. <laughs> the parable uh, that Jesus is going to tell is about a uh, farmer uh, attempting mm -hmm. to grow healthy crops. Um, if you ever want to have a deeper conversation about farming techniques, uh, someone that knows a whole lot more than Sarah and myself is my father, Steve, mm -hmm. who's been uh, really involved in uh, projects farming in Kenya, uh, mm -hmm. as well as his own work here. So. Yeah. My mom also has like a huge garden. So we come from families that are good with plants, but uh, not so much, not so much us. Today, I am very excited to look at the parable of the sower together. And I just want to read it um, for you today. We're looking at it from March, from Mark <laughs> chapter four, starting in verse one. As Jesus began to teach by the lake, the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teachings, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plants were, the plants were scorched, they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. So they did not bear, gra bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. 
Can you imagine this scene uh, as Jesus is surrounded by such a crowd of people that he has to get out into a boat and speak to the audience standing on the shore? And in this occasion, he uh, tells a parable. Mm -hmm. Now, parables are meant to describe, to explain, to enlighten us um, about something, generally as Jesus is speaking, about Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Um, And parables can be very enlightening. They can also be quite confusing. I don't know, do you have that friend that just talks in such circles that you can never figure out where you're at or get lost in that (laughs) conversation? Uh, You you know what that's like. And so Jesus Jesus uses uh, parables um, to describe things, but quite often his followers were confused. What, What exactly does this mean? And so on this occasion, like on many others, Jesus is forced to go into some detail to explain what he's talking about. He goes on there in um, in the book of Mark to explain what he's talking about in this parable. And he says, um, so there's a farmer and he sows the word. Uh, and he speaks of God or and or himself. He speaks of his role in this world, um, sowing the word, sowing this seed, this good news in the lives of people. Um, and And Jesus continues. So later on, when he's with his disciples, he explains what the seed that lands in the four soils represents. And so he starts off with um, the seed that fell along the path that the birds came and ate. And Jesus says that the seed along the path are the people who hear the message of God. But then Satan comes and takes the word away, snatches it away before it has a chance to take root in their lives. And so the word does not transform the person. You know, we don't often talk about Satan. And yet it's really important to recognize that he is working and he's working against us and against Um, us receiving the word of God and engaging in faith. And that's something that we need to be aware of. He says some of the seed um, falls on a rocky soil and it springs up quickly um, and it's received with joy. Um, But since there's very little root, uh, it only lasts a short time. When people experience, he describes persecution um, or trouble in life, their faith quickly fades away and dies. Do you remember that moment you first believed? Or maybe you're on a journey right now towards belief in Jesus. But that first moment when we believe, the excitement, the life-altering joy that comes when we say, I believe in Jesus and his way for this world. Uh, And yet at times, for some of us, it doesn't take root. It doesn't go much deeper. Um, years ago, uh, speaking of trees and uh, plants in, in our yard, we had this blooming plum that was here before we, a, a tree in our front yard that was here before we bought the place. Well, we had this storm about three years ago, and it was one of those storms uh, where the wind it was just intense mm-hmm. and the rain was just a downpour. And it was fun to watch before we went to bed. The next morning we got up and looked out the window and there was our tree uh, laying down in the yard. And it was a 20 foot tall tree, something like that. And um, what was incredible was as it laid on its side, there was this very thin patch of earth, the roots uh, and, and the dirt surrounding it. 
laying up in the air. The roots had not gone down deep mm-hmm. enough to support that tree when trouble came. And, you know, we find ourselves right now in this season um, as a nation and throughout the world with the pandemic and much more um, in a season of trouble in a season of questions and difficulties in life. And Jesus speaks in this parable into that, saying uh, God has given us the word, and we're invited to let it dig deeply down into our life, to be rooted and to transform the way we look at our current circumstances, as opposed Mm -hmm. to allowing our circumstances to um, transfer into our belief Mm -hmm. and our hope. And then the third um, the third scenario that Jesus explains is when the seed is sown among the thorns. And he says these rep- this represents people who hear the word of God, and yet three things choke out this word of God. Three things prevent it from really transforming them and being fruitful. And the three things Jesus lists, first he lists the worries of this life. And like Micah mentioned, I mean, it probably doesn't, it's not hard for us to think of things to worry about. Like there's so much unknown. There's so um, much uncertain. And I mean, there are struggles and difficult things in life that we each experience. And so Jesus says that sometimes the worries of this life um, choke out the word of God. Then he lists the deceitfulness of wealth, which is really interesting because how is wealth deceitful. I think that sometimes when we have enough, when we are able to buy what we need, we feel self-reliant. We feel Mm -hmm. like we can take care of ourselves. And often we feel like we, um, we don't need God. And so I think that's the deceitfulness. You know, sometimes I think we deceive ourselves into thinking we don't have enough. A mentality of scarcity also in our lives. Absolutely. And then the third thing that Jesus lists here as choking out the word of God is the desire for other things. And I can really resonate um, with that. This slow shift, this steady, just our focus and our priorities just shifting away from God to the other things that um, we want or desire in life. And, And often... It's slow and steady and and hard to notice. Um, But Jesus says that the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and just the desire for other things can choke out the word of God and its powerful transformation in our life. Mm -hmm. And finally, Jesus explains to his disciples that some of this seed... (laughs) Go for me. You know, last week I coughed in the middle of of talking. Sometimes it happens. It's all good. So the good soil. Yeah, so some of the seed falls in good soil in which it finds a fertile place to grow Mm -hmm. and to reproduce, to create a a harvest, a crop of 30 or 60 or 100 Mm -hmm. times what was planted by that farmer. And Jesus speaks here to his disciples about discipleship. The reason I am planting this seed, this word, this good news Mm -hmm. in your life is that it would multiply, Mm -hmm. that it would grow, it would spread amongst your neighborhoods and your community and throughout the world, that a 
crop would be produced. And, you know, um, it, it, this concept, so what does this look like as the word of God is spreading throughout the world? I think there's a lot of ways we could define it, but one that really stands out to me, um, sponsoring Jesus' prayer as he, again, is teaching his disciples, says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And um, so I picture as the word spreads through our neighborhoods and our communities, I just picture these communities of love, joy, and hope centered in the character and the, and the mission, the dream of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. You know, taking a step back and looking at this parable, it's really interesting to me how the farmer plants or sows his seed in all these different types of soil. So often in the first century, uh, farmers would take the seed and they would scatter it, they would cast it out, but they're very precise where they would throw it. They wouldn't just throw this precious seed anywhere, but the farmer in this parable chooses to scatter his seed on all four different types of soil. And for me, I think that's really powerful because it speaks to the character of God. He is a God of love who desires everyone to experience his love and to come to him and to be transformed by him. And so I think that's a really powerful point that God is sowing his seed in all of us, that he wants us all to come to him, no matter where we're from what we what we look like, what our background is, God is spreading his word throughout the entire world. Generously. He's not mm-hmm. jealous or greedy with it, uh, oh. not selfish in any way, but desiring that all would know and come to find the hope found in his word. It draws me back to a few weeks ago, we talked about the prodigal son is what the story is often called, uh, but identified mm-hmm. that um, the word prodigal means... Um, to spend lavishly, to mm-hmm. spend excessively, um, that ultimately the most prodigal character in that story is the father mm-hmm. uh, who represents God, mm-hmm. a God who loves lavishly despite what the sons have done. He continues with open arms to invite them. And it's the same today, a farmer who sows generously. Mm-hmm. He has put his word uh, in all sorts of vessels, all sorts of people, inviting them to uh, see transformation Mm -hmm. in their own lives and uh, in turn see transformation in in their communities. Mm -hmm. So we want to ask today, what's our part in this? What, What is our part in this? Often when we look at this parable, we ask, so what soil do I most relate to? And I think I could probably say that most of us want to be the good soil, want to be the fruitful um, soil. And yet a lot of us, there are parts of our life or, or a good share of our life that doesn't resemble that. And so are we the ones responsible for our own transformation, turning yeah, into right. good soil? Are we responsible for that for that transformation. And this is a really interesting nuance here because we're told that the Holy Spirit in us is the one who transforms us, who who turns us more into um, 
the image of, of, of what Jesus looks like. So his love and, and, and these characteristics. So the so spirit is the one who transforms us. And yet all over scripture, we are also called to take action and, and to take responsibility and to make good choices. I, I find it interesting um, it, that Paul in 1 Corinthians also uses a plant illustration or an analogy. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, in verse 6, Paul says, I planted, and he's speaking of a church there, I planted, Apollos watered, but God has been making it grow. And he says that God is the only one that can make things grow. And then later on in that chapter, he says, we are co-workers in God's service. We are co-workers in God's service. So it is God who transforms us. It is God who makes us grow and things grow around us. But we also want to recognize that we play a part, that God has invited us to play a part and to work with him in this. Yeah, this nuance between God is transforming us and yet we are participating. Mm -hmm. uh, it's seen in Galatians 5, a passage that we refer to, refer to quite often, uh, but don't often get to that part of it. It says, um, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit, the things the Spirit is producing, cultivating within us, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and we quite often end right there. Mm -hmm. The Spirit is doing those things in us, but just two verses later, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It, it speaks to our invitation, not just to wait, uh, but to walk with the Spirit through this process of transformation. And again, this applies both in our individual mm -hmm. lives, but also in the lives of our communities and our friends as this crop begins to multiply. Mm -hmm. Yes, God is doing the work. God is providing the growth and the opportunity. And we're invited to walk in step with the Spirit as we see that transformation. I love that language, in step with the Spirit. So today we want to ask ourselves, we want to ask us all collectively, are we receiving the word of God? Are we allowing the spirit to transform us and to bear fruit in our lives and in our communities? Are we open and available to what God wants to do right now in our lives? Are we allowing God's word to take root? to go deep to into the fibers of our lives, yeah, to grow and then to multiply in the lives of others. And, and the way I ask those questions, it sounds like a yes or no answer. <laughs> so it's more complicated. It's way more complicated yeah. than that. So um, even as a believer, there are areas in my life where I'm not open to God. I'm not allowing God's spirit to really transform me and bear fruit in that part of my life. And so it's this constant reflection in opening ourselves up to God, saying, Holy Spirit, work in me. I'm available here. It's possible that some of us, all of us, might need some tilling or some weeding or some fertilizing in our lives. And the promise of scripture is that the spirit is here to participate in that process, that we would mm -hmm. see transformation and that we would get to not only receive but reciprocate the love of God, his word, his good news here in the world. Let's mm -hmm. pray about that. 
God, we thank you for this day and this time to look into your word. Uh, God, I thank you that uh, we share this message amongst friends here today um, and that we each get to reflect on uh, what you have for us in it. God, we thank you that you have entrusted us with your hope, your good news, uh, your word. And we pray that the Spirit would do a powerful work in our lives, continue uh, to work powerfully in our lives, uh, that we would be transformed into that fertile place in which your word can thrive and impact not just us, but our communities, our friends, and this world. Thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity. Amen. Amen. So each week we've been sharing a song with you. And this week I wanted to share a song that um, has spoken to me. It's God, I Look to You by Bethel Music. And I love uh, the first verse in this song. It, the, the song goes like this. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see the things like you do. Give me vision, God, to see my life as you see it, to see my community and our world, as you see it, to see our other people, as you see it. And and I love the don't be overwhelmed. <laughs> I won't be overwhelmed because, because God, you are working. And then the course is just a declaration of love to God. God, I love you. So we're going to share that. Um, if you get a chance, take a look at that and, and praise God with us. All right, friends, thank you for joining us this morning. We hope you have a blessed day and a blessed week. And can't wait to see you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.